Hello, I'm Rod Harrington, welcoming you to On The Wire, the official podcast of the PDC. The White Mackay Premier League comes to the conclusion on Sunday the 23rd, with Wembley Arena hosting the playoffs. Four times winner Phil Taylor, defending champion James Wade, 2009 runner-up Mervyn King, and debutante Simon Whitlock are the four men gunning for the big prize, and I speak to all four men about their chances. Craig Ibbotson from Skybet, the official bookmaker of the White and Mackay Premier League, goes through the odds for the weekend before my fellow Sky Sports commentator Rod Studd joins me to discuss the weekend's action and I look back at the whole event. Well, White and Mackay reigning champion James Wade, we caught up with him at Inverness Airport to see what his form is and what he predicts for this Sunday. Well, James, you're the reigning champion of the White and Mackay Premier League, and uh, your form has not been tip-top over the past 12 months, and uh, you're coming into this on Sunday. Looking forward to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, looking forward to it. Obviously, I've got firm, haven't been on form, but um, I'm quite an unpredictable player, and it might happen this Sunday. What about preparation-wise? Are you doing any different uh, types of formats on your practicing, anything like that? No, I'm just keeping it pretty, pretty simple, really. Um, practicing on some finishing, um, practicing on my score, I'm just practicing everything. Um, just keep it an all-round even practice, not not highlighting anything in particular, just keep keep practicing everything um, and try to keep it simple. Well, you're saying you're practicing on your finishing, what have you, you know, it's don't like to mention the bad things about a dark player, but that double top and double ten, which is over the last two or three years, is well, you had a mortgage out of them, you owned them two doubles for a long time, and you've just been missing them a bit just lately. Does that affect you at all in the head, or are you just a sort of person that could just shut them off and whatever happens, happens on the day? I mean, obviously, it is a problem in some games and other games. It goes like it can. Um, I'm not, not really worried about it, because, you know... I've, I've had a lot of pressure on me before, and I hit hit double hit those those two doubles, which are my favourite doubles. Um, and I'm not going to really concentrate too much on what's been happening in the Premier League, the qualifying rounds, because it's not a, it's not a, it's an instant death, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, it doesn't mean you're out of the tournament if you're losing some of the some of the games in the tour, leading up to the to the knockout stages. So, you know, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Um, I believe when it comes down to it, it will go it will come come right. So. Hopefully I'm right. <laughs> well, you're playing Simon Whitlock in the semi-finals, and uh, you know Simon since he's come over has been playing really well. He's a solid player. Uh, how do you see the game going? Do you kind of predict how you think the game's going to go, or are you just going to go straight into the first leg, all guns are blazing? Yeah, I mean, that's what you've got to do against Simon. And the problem with Simon at the moment, it's all new to him, so um, it's all new targets, and he's very, very keen. Um, we're all keen, but like I say, it's all new for him. So he's got more enthusiasm than anyone. Um, if it's possible, probably even more enthusiasm than Phil at the moment. Yeah, but, so, so you know, I've been involved in big games before and I've won titles, something that he hasn't done yet. Yeah, it's interesting that comment because uh, you know I've had a look at some stats this morning about all, all players, and it seems that players come into the game and they're really eager for two years, and then they do drop off a bit. It will be interesting to see if Simon Whitlock, after eighteen months, two years, does drop off a bit and then have to come back. Yeah, I, I, I believe that that's true. It happens with everyone, you know. I mean, 2007, early 2008, I was I was playing really well, you know. And it's taken me all this time now to start, you know, wanting it enough again to start getting a few results here and there. So, you know, it's, we've seen the same with, with Raymond as well. Um, Simon Schumann, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully for him he can keep up what he's doing, you know, because he's, he's going to be very successful at what he does. Um, but, you know... I'm not too worried about his game. It's, it's me that I'm interested about. Well, you're one of the players, Jamie, that uh, you know has kept himself fit and looks the modern dart player. Uh, you know, I've, I've been having a go at a lot of dart players about their fitness and their and their diet and what have you. Uh, are you still looking after that side of things? Are you still working out? Do you still think that that is a major part to make you feel fit and strong on that big stage? I think it is a difference. You know, I mean, I'm not doing as much as I should be. I mean, it's very hard with the Premier League. I mean, we're away six days a week, which is, as you know, because you've been travelling along with us, it's hard. It's very hard to keep up, keep up a fitness level. Um, but yeah, it's a massive part, massive part of the game um, to be to be reasonably fit. Um, there's nothing worse than getting up on a stage when you feel uncomfortable 
and lethargic. Um, you can lose a bit of weight and eat, eat half sensible. It, it uh, makes a difference when you're up there. Well, cheers, Jamie. I certainly, uh, as a player, ex-player that loves to see uh, uh, great players play darts, I certainly hope that we have you back to your full potential again, like you was a few years ago when you won, you know, the Grand Prix and the match play and them tournaments, and of course the White Mackay Premier League last year. So uh, I wish you all the best on Sunday, buddy. Thank you, cheers, Rod. Well, Phil Taylor had an unbeaten run in the White Mackay Premier League this year, and he's desperate to regain his title. Phil, obviously this was the only major, the Premier League was the only major you didn't win last year, so obviously you want to start the year off with winning this? If I can, I mean, it's it's obviously, I think it's the best field. Um, the only one I think deserved to be in the last four would have been Ronnie Baxter, I think. But uh, yeah, it's got to be a tough, tough field on Sunday, but I'm quite confident, so uh, I'm looking forward, very much looking forward to playing Mervyn on Sunday, that's for sure. Well, talking of Mervyn, obviously you've had some, some big encounters with Mervyn and, and the one that happened in Newcastle when he threw the dart over over your shoulder. Um, I mean, does that motivate you even more to beat him, having that little bit of niggle, as we say, in the match? Yes, yes, it does. Um, Mervyn is one of them players. He's a bit like the Manleys and the Mardells and whatever, where you can get that little... I'm going to say you can grind your teeth and get stuck in a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a pleasure to play them, people. Um, I do enjoy it. I do, I do like playing them. So, yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the answer. Right on, mate. I mean, coming into this, you haven't lost any matches. You've drawn a, a two or three, I believe. So uh, preparation um, has been pretty good. But you've not really had them high up to 108, 9, 10 averages. And uh, the four matches, when I've looked at the stats... The first half of the match, in the first few legs, it's been down in the, in the low 90s. Have you realised that? And have you uh, perhaps done anything about that preparation-wise? Not really, not really. Just on the same same thing. I'm, I've changed a lot in my lifestyle now. I'm, I'm doing the gym and watching my diet and everything else. So I'm, I'm getting ready for really for the rest of the year now. I do, I do know my form wasn't as high as what it was before. But it is picking up a little bit. My performances on the floor have been good. Um, so I know just that little bit of extra effort and I can push my performance up a little bit. So I'm not too worried. I've been ticking over, really, you know, not not too, uh, not being flat out because it's a long year now, you know, there's tough year there. So I'm quite happy the way things have gone. As long as you qualify for the Premier League, then you're doing everything right, which I've done that. So now it's it's head down. You know, I've just come back from doing some exhibition work and back from Germany. So head down tomorrow now, back on the practice board in the morning and, and get stuck in. Well, looking forward to the rest of the year, obviously you want to make a clean sweep this year. Um, there's a lot of players that are starting to come up to the mark, and there's a few players like Barley and Lewis and uh, you know a couple of others that are not really doing it. Who is the main threat do you see for the rest of the year? Would you say Simon Whitlock? Without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. He's, he's about the only person I've seen who's playing, who's at, besides myself, what's enjoying it. What's happy to be there and appreciate. I mean, last year, Simon hadn't got no money at all. He was skint. I mean, he came and stopped with me. This year, he can't believe he's lucky. He says, I've got loads of money, you know, and he, he's loving every minute of it. And, and that's what I love to see. I, I said to Raymond Van Barnabold, I said, do you want to get yourself a job on a building site for a couple of weeks? And then when you come back off that building site, believe me, you will come on your hands and knees and you'd love it. They need to remember where they came from. Some of these players are not enjoying it. They're getting spoiled. And they need to now book the book their ideas up a little bit. Is that leading into a good question here, Phil? Is that your motivation? Because we get it asked all the time, especially me as an ex-player. You know, they're saying, you know, why am I playing still? But how does Phil Taylor keep that motivation, keep wanting to win, keep wanting to practice all the time? I mean, Phil, where does it come from? I mean, you're 50 now. I mean, you're starting to push I'm on not a bit, mate. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still 49 yet for another couple of months. But I, what I do, I, my upbringing, my parents, probably the same as your parents, you get out of bed in the morning and you go to work and you do a full day's work and, and you come home and then you get your tea on the table or whatever. And that's what the way I've been brought up. So every morning I get up, that's what I do. I go to work and I do my job. I don't do eight hours a day like Citadel says. I do about two hours a day, which is plenty. And then I go do the gym work and when I come home from the gym, I then take the dog for a three-mile walk. And I love it. I love that life. I've, I'm very motivated. I enjoy it. And I'm very appreciative of what I've got and where I've, where I've come from. 
as well. And so Sunday comes, I relish it, you know, I'm on stage in front of thousands of people and I'm getting paid a hell of a lot of money, a, a, a small fortune in money, and life couldn't get any better really than that. It's, it's fantastic. Well, looking forward to Sunday, Phil, I mean, mm. will you... Will your preparation be a little bit better or will it be just exactly the same? Or, or are you a player that when you get up you think, I'll have a little practice now or if you don't feel like it right away, do you kind of go with the flow, with your mood yes. on the day of the, of the final? Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, If I get up in the morning I think, well, I'll, I shall take a dartboard down with me because I'm going down on Friday night. So I will have a, have a think how I feel if I fancy a practice in the afternoon. But don't forget, the night time could be a long night so you don't want to really do anything during the day. Maybe be maybe go for a little walk in the morning for two or three miles, and then come home, come back to the hotel, sorry, and, and have a little kip in the afternoon and get ready for the get ready for the night time. That's that's what I normally do, and I love it. You know, that's my preparation I've done ever since well when we knew first started back in '88, and I love it. I love that um, challenge. You know what I mean? I miss people like yourself and Dennis briefly not being at the top of this because. You were very much like me, you know, you were winners and, and, and you, you did everything you can to improve your game. Well, certainly uh, all our fans and the crowd are going to be looking forward to Sunday and the form book says that uh, Simon Whitlock should win his semi, although he, you can't write off James Wade, we know what he's like. So it could be you and Simon in the final and uh, when you look about what's happened over the last probably five months, well, since the World Championships, say, this could be one of the best finals if it happens... Um, possibly of the year. Do you agree? Uh, yes, I do. I do totally agree with you. And I think it could be two of the best semi-finals as well. It all depends. With Simon, you know Simon's going to play well. And I think nine times out of ten, you know I'm going to play well. It depends which James Wade turns up, as you just said. And also it depends which Mary King turns up. If they both turn up and, and, and they've got the mind on what they, what they should be doing, it's going to be a great night of darts. It really is. And I think James Wade will play well on Sunday. I think he knows he's got to play well. Well, just uh, don't really want to remind you about a loss, but a certain Mr. King beat you at this stage mm. last year. So uh, you will be seriously, I know we said it early in the conversation, you'll be seriously up for revenge over Mervyn this Sunday then. It's, it's not so much in revenge. It's, it's I want to win the tournament. I don't, I mean, I've had loads of uh, wins over Mervyn. I beat him last weekend. But that, that doesn't make any difference to me. You know, when I lost the Premier League last year, I know what I did wrong. I, I apologised to my sponsors and said, listen, I know exactly what I've done wrong, then I'll put it right. And then after that, I won about uh, one and a half million quid or something. And that's what you have to do. You have to realise and, and appreciate that you, you're not a human and you've got to prepare properly. And you've got to do everything by the book, you know. There's a lot of young players now, and I say to them, if you want to learn, listen to what Rod Addington's telling you. Whether you like him, love him, hate him, whatever, listen to what he's telling you. You know what I mean? And I tell them the same thing as what you do. You know, you, 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 you do your dedication, you get your dedicated, you watch your diet, and... That's the way the new darts regimes are going now, you know. I look around the room sometimes, I see overweight dart players, and there's no need for it. I think there's uh, every reason now to be physically and mentally fit. Well, Mervyn King come runner-up in the White Mackay Premier League last year after beating Phil Taylor in the semi-finals, and he's hoping for a repeat performance this Sunday. Well, Merv, you made the last, the final of the uh, Premier League last year, beating Phil Taylor in the semis, and you've uh, got Phil Taylor again uh, in the semi-finals. Uh, your preparation is it been different, or has it just been exactly the same? I, I just take each match as exactly the same. Really, I don't prepare any different. Um, it's it's still a short race. The only time I'll prepare any different is. Um, for the Worlds, really, which is a more of a marathon than a sprint. Well, as I said, you know, it's been a long old road, uh, 14 nights, all around Great Britain with the Premier League, and, uh, you know, you're one of the players that's put the points on the board early, um, but you're also one of the players that's not done a lot of exhibitions while the Premier League's going on. Do you think that's been a major help over, like, over the likes of Barneveld, Lewis and uh, Jenkins? Well, to be honest with you, I, I don't want the exhibitions. Um, I spend enough time away from home as it is. Um, I'm a, a very homely person, so any any amount of time I can spend at home, I'll take. I don't I don't want to do exhibitions. The the tournaments are more than enough. Um, you know, the the schedule we've got is, is pretty damn hectic. So um, I, I can't really see where people get time to do exhibitions. 
Well, you've always said that uh, if Mervyn King turns up with his A game and it'll beat anybody, and uh, I have to say, I've, I've always compliment you on, on your attitude and your dedication to the game because when your B game doesn't turn up and you happen to lose it doesn't affect you how do you get over that because there's a lot of players that it affects them so much and it carries on for the next game how do you shut it off Merv? Uh, I don't know to be quite honest with you I mean, it's, it's just one of them things that happens isn't it I mean you're, you're not going to win every game you play um, so what is the point in worrying about it because it's the same as golf. When you, you 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 do a bad shot, if you're still cursing yourself when you come up to take the next shot, that one's not going to be very good either. You you have to block it out and forget it. As soon as it's gone, it's gone. You've got to let it go. You know, um, you can't you can't keep uh, worrying about it because it will affect your next game. So you just got to let it go and and prepare the same and or or maybe try something different or you know just same attitude same mental state um and if that comes good cool cool then you're going to remember that one because it's it's gone the way you wanted it to so that's what to do take the good things and forget the bad well you've signed a new uh, contract with Inmer and they've, they've made you a new set of darts which you changed more or less in the middle of the Premier League. Uh, have, have you been really happy with them? So, you know, they feel great in your hand and they're going well? Um, I didn't change them in the middle. I used them at the very, very start. The very first Premier League was the um, first anthem with them on TV. Um, the first time I used them was actually in Gibraltar. Um, and I got to the semis for the first the first time I'd actually tried them. So, yeah, they're, they're a great set of darts. I mean, we, we spent... Um, a lot of hours developing these, um, trying different sets, altering different sets, um, tweaking them, different length points, um, different centre of balance. Um, we spent, I think that was 11 hours, um, more or less consecutive, sorting these parts out, and I'm, I'm really happy with them. It's, you know, my game that lets down, it's not the darts, it's uh, my inconsistency, if you like, which is, which is something that um, I've learned to live with. Um, I can be the best player in the world, but I can also be one of the worst. <laughs> um, you know, and, and to be honest with you, that, that's why I don't care, or I don't care. Um, that's why I'm not too worried if I lose the game and I, and I have a bad one, because I know that the good one is just around the corner. Well, that's a great attitude to have, Merv, I have to say. I was a bit like that in, in my day. Well, I'm going to ask you a few questions now about the crowd. I have to say the crowd have been uh, out of order with their conduct towards you and uh, it's upset you a couple of times. And Last week, you uh, kind of turned it around a bit. You went out there and signed some autographs and, uh, you know, waved at the crowd a little bit more. Are you going to do a bit more of that this week, um, you know, in front of this big crowd in Wembley? Um... To be honest with you, I mean, we're not going to get a lot of time to go out and meet and greet the crowd before we play. Um, with there only being two semis, there's, there's not sort of four games. You're, you're playing maybe once, maybe twice. Um, you know, you've got to you've got to prepare yourself correctly for for the game. So, meet and greet in the crowd beforehand. I, I don't think it's going to work this week. Um, which is a shame because uh, I think it's a nice thing to do. But, you know, I, I don't think that the circumstances allow it this week. Um, as far as waving to the crowd, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll wave to the crowd, but if if they don't give me a single chance right from the word moment, then, then why should I even acknowledge them? You know, if, if they're giving me a hard time right from the word go, then I don't, I don't think that they, they warrant even being acknowledged if they're treating me that way then why don't I just ignore them yeah. maybe that's the wrong attitude I don't know but um, you know I'm up there trying to give everything I've got to entertain those people and the people at home watching on TV um, so if, if they're going to treat me with contempt then I'll just ignore them and concentrate on what I've got to do for the for the true dark fans the people that are at home well, I'm going to go off of the darts a little bit, Merv. As you said, you know, you're, you're a very family man, which I've got to know quite well in the last uh, good few months, to be quite honest. And I know you love your golf, and I know you love your fishing, and you're saying you're not doing too many exhibitions. So is that where you're going to be? It'll be home, fishing and golf, uh, to, you know, to relax, get away from the pressure for the rest of the year? Um, fishing, I mean, I, I don't get a lot of time to do fishing, to be honest with you. I love it. Um, it's something I've grown up with since I could walk. Um, I mean, I was doing sea fishing in the middle of winter when I was about five years old with my father so it's something I've always known um, 
fresh water, um, all sorts of fishing, every, everything you can imagine. Um, as far as the golf's concerned, that, that tends to take up any spare time that I, I do get. Of course, my wife plays as well and just started, so it's quite good the fact that we can actually spend some time together and playing golf at the same time so it's uh, yeah it's a good thing she likes fishing as well but it's um, it's difficult to find time to actually go fishing even though I live in a I live in an area where fishing is uh, one of the, the main sports <laughs> being well, around the broads I have to say Merv getting the wife to play golf so you can get out a bit more is a rather a crafty one I think a, f- a few of us others uh, better start getting their wives to play so we can get out a bit <laughs> Uh, I know we've had a, we've had a couple of good games uh, in the middle of the Premier League the last couple of weeks. In, enjoyed it. Well, I've enjoyed it even more because I took a couple of quid off you, which uh, you know I couldn't take it out you on the dartboard, but I've took it out you on the golf course. No, no doubt you'll get the revenge on that because it, it is a relaxing thing, and and you see the, the other side of people. And I've got to know the Mervyn King off the dartboard. Uh, the Mervyn King on the dartboard, I have to say, is a very professional person and, and dedicates himself. Uh, how you know us at the PDC and me especially being a pundit, want to see. So, uh, well, all the best, Mervyn, on Sunday. Thank you very much, Rod. I shall try my best and, you know, hopefully things will go my way. While Simon Whitlock's been a revelation in his debut season in the White Mackay Premier League, a fellow that's travelled all the way from Australia and certainly enjoys his game, a big smile on his face, and will he have a big smile on his face on Sunday when he lifts that White Mackay Premier League crown? Well, Simon, your first major TV tournament was the World Championships, which you obviously come runner-up to Phil Taylor, and since then, really, your life has taken off. You know, has it made that much of a change to your life? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. I think it's made a big difference to my life, yeah. Um, just uh, moving to another country's been a, a life-changing experience. And what about the financial side of things? I mean, obviously, you know, you are earning an awful lot of money now uh, with the way the Premier League's going. And, and, of course, on these tour events, you've been playing exceptionally well on the floor. Yeah, I've been playing extremely well uh, for about last six weeks now and making plenty of money, but the money's really not that important to me. And obviously last week you did a nine-dart leg against uh, in the final, I think it was, the first leg of the final. I mean, that must really you know, encourage you into knowing you're scoring well and you're finishing well. Yeah, that was fantastic doing that. Um, it's only the second one I've ever hit, and to do it in front of such a big crowd was you know, really exciting and, and very fulfilling. Well, you're leading into Sunday. I mean, you know, a lot of our... Vi- listeners would like to know about your preparation because you know everyone says you know you don't practice on that treble 20 too often it's all checkouts and combinations is that actually what happens simon you you know it's always on combinations and checkouts yeah pretty much so it's it's probably about 80 to 90 percent i just practice on checkouts and doubles and bullseyes and then i'll do a little bit on the the 20s and 19s 18s 17s yeah well, I mean, it is paying off for you because obviously you're taking out a lot of time plus shot outs and what have you. Now, you're obviously favourite to beat James Wade on Sunday. So, you uh, you know, the bookmakers and everybody else is looking at you to play Phil Taylor in the final, which we're all saying if that happens by, by the form book, it could be one of the best finals certainly of this year. Do you think so? Yeah, I think it could be a fantastic final. But I think... Um to be honest, I think James and I would be pretty even on, on paper, myself, but yeah, it's all on the day. You never know what's going to happen until you actually get up there and start playing. Now, are you a player that, that looks forward to the final, Simon, or are you just going to get up there and worry about James Wade and whatever happens after that happens? Yeah, I'll just take one, one game at a time and break it down to even less than that, like just one shot at a time. Well, that's a great attitude, a bit like Mervyn King does that. Now, off the dartboard, Simon, what does Simon Whitlock, the dart player, do off that dartboard? Does he play golf? Does he go fishing? Or does he just relax? Uh, I usually just relax and and go up the town club and and see friends, but I'm actually going fishing tonight. Is is that night fishing? Night. All through the night? Uh, probably just for three or four hours. Well, it's a great way to relax, mate, and if you can uh, do that and turn up on Sunday the way you've been playing, you should be a hard person to beat. Yeah, 
Yeah, I hope so. I'm, I'm going to work hard on my game this week. A bit, uh, put a bit extra in as well. Well, now we've got a you know the schedule for you dark players, your pros is pretty immense for the rest of the year. But do you relish it? You know, when you look forward to all the tournaments the PDC are putting on. You know, not only in this country we're going worldwide now and all the tour events. Is it something that you get really excited about to think that you know you can win? obviously a lot of money but also the fame that comes with it you know and it's actually a nice life for a job that you love doing yeah i mean this has been a dream come true for me i've always wanted to do this so every single weekend i can't wait to get to the next tournament and and start playing well i interviewed phil taylor earlier on and phil taylor said that uh, simon whitlock is one of the few players that you can see in his face that he actually really enjoys this game, and that's why he's playing so well. Quite a compliment from Phil Taylor. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear that from Phil Taylor. I mean, he can see it, and at my show. Well, let's hope that you've got a big smile on your face on Sunday then, Simon. Yeah, I hope so. I'm really going to enjoy this weekend. Well, I'm talking to Craig Gibbetson from Skybet, the official bookmakers of the White and Mackay Premier League, and we're going to go over some of Sunday's prices. First semi-final up, um, Whitlock against Wade. I mean, what are the odds on them? Well, we've we've got Whitlock at four to six um, to win the match, and Wade at six to five. I mean, if you'd been at the start of the tournament, that'd have probably been the other way around, but. Whitlock's been playing out of his skin of late, and um, is 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 the um, quite rightly to be favourite. Have you seen a lot of money go down on Whitlock to win that game, or are the punters coming back for Wade, remembering what he's done in the past years? Well, it's been very quiet at the minute. It tends to um, really up up the ante come come off time. So Sunday will probably be the big day for uh, where we laid lots of money. But like I've said uh, to a, a few guys in the office today, only um, earlier. I could come in on Sunday and be happily cheer on either of those players. I, you know, it's really tough to pick a winner, and obviously Whitlock's just slight favourite because of the um, recent form. What is uh, Whitlock and Wade to actually win the tournament to go on and win it? Well, we've got um, Whitlock in at eleven to two and Wade at seven to one. Um, so you know, you're getting getting a bit of value there if you if you think that Taylor could be topped, and certainly that that could be could be a certainty. Uh, Come come the end of the uh, end of the day. Well, I certainly. I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm around the darts all the time, and the way Simon Whitlock's been playing of late, I'm, I think that 11 to two, there is a lot of real good value there. I mean, he has been playing exceptional. I'm surprised that there hasn't been a lot of punters come come in for that. Yeah, I think um, the problem with the the darts is that people are, are so uh, in the Taylor camp and don't really want to leave Taylor's side. So we we do still lay. A lot of the favourite in Taylor at two to seven, um, but yeah, we have seen nibbles at the eleven to two for Whitlock, um, and quite rightly, he's playing out of this world. And the last five weeks since he's sorted out his um, posture problem with his heel, he's uh, been outstanding. Well, let's move on to the other semi-final now. Uh, Taylor against King. Obviously, there's quite a bit of niggle there. King beat Taylor in last year's Premier League semi-final. Now, how do you see this game going? Well, I'm really worried about King. Obviously, uh, the last few weeks has really affected him. And although I know we was mentioned on TV last week that King was signing a lot of autographs out in the foyer before his match, um, he really doesn't look the player that he was at the start of the tournament, where he looked absolutely outstanding. And um, it's really affected his, him, and he's, he's certainly affected his concentration. And um, I think King will be quite happy for this tournament to be over now. And I, I can't see anything but a Taylor victory and, and quite a comfortable Taylor victory to be honest So what did Taylor uh, start off at the beginning of this thing uh, you got him 2-7 to seven on now um, was he better than that Yeah we had him at around 1-2 and uh, the main reason for that was because of the um, world champs and obviously he played very well to win it but Whitlock ran him really really close and it showed that people are getting uh, closer to Taylor at least getting somewhere close to him and so we, we took a chance at one or two. We obviously laid quite a chunk of that. And um, obviously he's here in the semi-finals, as he was expected to be. 
and no one's actually, even though they've played up to standard with him, they haven't actually beaten him, and that's why we're two to seven now, and that's a pretty industry-wide price. So it'll be tough to get him beat on Sunday, but we'll have our fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine you because that one to two, you must have had them rushing in for that. I mean, that's probably one of the best prices um, that's ever been on Phil Taylor to win a four-horse race. To be quite honest. Yeah, that's right. Like you say, it was an eight-horse race at the start, but in effect, it tailors a certainty to get to the semi. So it is a four-horse race in effect. But I'm I'm not sure that if I think if Wade Wade and Whitlock play up to their standard come Sunday afternoon, uh, Sunday evening, sorry, I think that um, you could see um, Taylor being something something like one to four for the final. And if Whitlock plays really well, you could see bigger price than the actual outright of two to seven come the final. Mm. Very interesting. Now, I know Sky Bet this year have really done a lot of different bets, somewhere around 25 for each game as the Premier League goes on, which we've never had a bookmaker do that before. It's been great for the punters. And uh, for the final, I hear you've got a quadcast. Yeah, well, um, obviously, with the introduction of the third, fourth playoff this year, um, just like the um, World Championships, um, obviously now you can you can put all four players in their actual individual slots um, of prize money. So we, yeah, we've gone with the quadcast. We've uh, first bookmate to do that, and uh, we've obviously got some tasty prices out there. As you are predicting the the eventual winner of four individual matches, so it, it's quite tasty out there. And we've got some uh, good prices: Taylor to beat Whitlock in the final, and Wade to beat King in the third, fourth playoff at eleven to four is the uh, front runner and the obvious. Um, the obvious favourite, but uh, you're looking at uh, some prices in the region of 100 to 1 if if King was to um, beat Taylor and then go on to win the tournament. Well, he beat him last year but lost away in the final, but uh, you know, like you say, in a two-horse race, you never know what Mervyn King might rock up, and I think you're right when you mentioned earlier on about the crowd, I think that's going to play a big part of this uh, tournament for Mervyn King, and I think you're right. Well, I know you're right, because I spoke to him at length. He, he, he can't wait till it gets over, really, and get back to the norm, normal tournaments. Now, I mean, Whitlock, throughout the Premier League, has, these high shot-outs have been unbelievable. Uh, have you got him favourite to have the highest check-out of the night? Um, well, we've actually got three joint favourites on the night. We've got Whitlock, Wade and Taylor all at 9-4, to four, with King the Outsider at 4-1. to one. Um, Mainly because, um, obviously, Taylor's in for almost... Um, Almost eight legs, but pretty much in for eight legs on the evening. So he's got eight opportunities to um, get the highest check out, whereas Whitlock against Wade, you know, Whitlock's not in for as many legs and therefore it evens it out. So, like you say, Whitlock has been outstanding on the checkouts, but um, the way they're scoring the minute Whitlock and Wade, they might not have to take the big checkouts out. They might already be down at uh, your 40s, your 52s um, before, before they have chance. And, and also the 180s, I mean, the first half of the Premier League, you know, they were pushing 30 180s for the four games a night, and then the last few games, it really did drop off. So uh, what, what have you got the 180s over the night? Do, are you doing that as well? Um, well, actually, we're just doing the, um, just for the couple of semi-finals at the moment, um, we've got under or over 13.5, um, obviously the point five just to split it up, so we're talking... Um, uh, over 13 and 13 and under and over 13 8 to 11 under 13 and under is even money um, and like you say there has been a drop off I'm not sure if you've got a theory on why that has happened maybe obviously the demise of King and a few players have now um, didn't have anything to play for at the end of the tournament but um, I couldn't see why with Wade and Whitlock obviously coming into some form it, it seemed to drop off really yeah, that, that is a bit of a strange one. Well, going off the uh, the specials now, Craig, I mean, obviously, overall, this is the first time, you know, Skybet has, has sponsored the White Mackay Premier League. Um, how has it been for your company? I mean, because this has been a weird one for, for a pundit like myself to get up there in front of people and say, I think this is going to happen. And all of a sudden, you've got the people that are playing really well just not doing it. And then you have someone like Ronnie Baxter that everybody thought he was going to come bottom of that league, all of a sudden steps up and does well. So everybody would have been not backing Ronnie Baxter, and he comes up, so that made the company a few quid? Yeah, definitely. He was certainly the uh, the man of the tournament for Skybet. And um, I think um, 
the fact that Wade had a such a bad start also uh, helped us, and obviously Barnevel's struggle. Punters were still sticking to the Barnevel theory, um, even halfway through, and then obviously that the lost confidence with him come the end, and he came good. So obviously all these little uh, troughs and and uh, peaks for each player have helped helped us along along the way, and it's certainly the the best tournament for the bookmakers. I would say, or certainly for Skybet, with the draw aspect in there, um, you've, you've got the option of getting that draw in, and, and obviously punters do go for either player really. So the draw is the best, uh, best for the uh, for the bookmakers, and uh, that's that's the way it should stay. Yeah, I think there might be a few bookmakers, Craig, that might be sending Ronnie Baxter a, a certain bottle of champagne, perhaps, because uh, you know he did upset the odds on on numerous occasions, and uh, you know. Made the Premier League. I mean, we didn't think he was going to do well, but he got up there and he entertained the crowd as well. And, uh, you know, as we said before, this tournament is all about entertaining the crowd and uh, getting on with it. So, so anyway, yeah, thanks. Yeah, certainly right. He, uh, he certainly got um, got the crowd on his side. And as you can see from uh, Kings wearing his um, earplugs and not really having much interaction with the crowd early on, it's uh, paid against him a little bit. Well, thanks for that, Craig. Hopefully the uh, Skybet are going to make plenty of quid out of this Premier League, so uh, we'll have you back in next year and look forward to it. Brilliant, yeah, I'm looking forward to the finals on Sunday. Rod Studd, my fellow commentator of Sky Sports, has caught up to go over this weekend's matches and to look back on the qualifying stages of the White Mackay Premier League. Well, Rod, we're at Wembley for the finals of the White Mackay Premier League. How do you see them going? Well, Taylor's a strong favourite, isn't he, Rod? And uh, it's difficult to look beyond him, really, um, especially in the semi-final against Moving King. I think uh, Taylor's going to be a man on the mission against uh, King, isn't he? Particularly what happened last year in the semi-finals when that big upset when uh, Mervyn beat him. So I think uh, Taylor will be determined to right those wrongs. And uh, King's form's really tailed off in the last few weeks. So I think he's lost his last three games in the Premier League. So he's going to have to raise his game a lot. It's, it's the other semi-final which looks where, where the action's going to be, doesn't it? It really looks like a one to save in this Wade Whitlock game. Uh, they played twice, obviously, in the regular season, 1-1 one, one each, so there doesn't look a lot between them. Um, that's a difficult one to call. I, I noticed the bookmakers, I think, are making Whitlock favourite. Would that be something you'd agree with, Rod? Yeah, I think on form, I'd have to say that. I mean, James Wade, especially the first half of this season of the Premier League, he's not really done it. Um, he's the sort of guy who's got unbelievable talent, but he just does not step up to the plate enough times for me this year, but Whitlock has just been so consistent. Won again, you know, a tour event uh, in Austria last week. He's won four out of six, had a nine-dart leg. You know, I just think that his consistency may get over James, especially his shot outs. I mean, he practices on these combinations, and it's proven that that's where it is. I mean, he's got so many ton-plus checkouts, and I think James is, James is double top, Rod. Don't you think that double top, he keeps hitting that low and then going inside a double ten, and you can't keep relying on that double five? Yeah, I mean, the, the double ten is his sort of signature double, isn't it? And uh, when he starts missing that, it's a sign that all's not well, isn't it? I mean, he's been so uh, consistent on double ten over the last few years. It really has been almost a gimme for him, hasn't it? And uh, you're right, he has been missing that you know, quite regularly recently, and that would be a worry. And, I mean, Whitlock must be extremely confident. I mean, he, he, as you say, the shot outs, he, he never seems to miss, does he? I mean, it, it's, uh, it's amazing the number of ton-plus finishes he's, he nails down. And he is a man playing with a lot of confidence, probably as much confidence as anybody, including Phil Taylor, I reckon. Yeah, there's no question in that. I mean, when you think about it, the doubles are twice the size as a treble. And a lot of players can't hit them doubles going out. I always remember my father saying, how can you hit a treble as well as yeah. what you do? And you can't hit a double, which, you know, when... when General punters just look at the game. That's what they can't understand. But what they don't understand is the pressure when you want that double. And uh, someone like James Wade, I don't think he really knows what game he's going to turn up with. You know, he he doesn't know if he's going to turn up there 100%, 80%, 75%. And I think that if Simon gets in front of him, that's where the problem could be, especially with that double top and double ten. Yeah. And I'm interested to hear, what you, you know, from a, from a player's point of view, Rod, I mean, it's, it's not so long since they played in the World Championships and, you know, Wade threw everything at Whitlock that day and Whitlock just withstood it and, uh, you know, again, just rode over any little bits of storms or crisis he had during the match and went on to win the game. Does that actually make any difference when you play again? I mean, do players look back at previous results, particularly in, in big tournaments? No, I don't think so. I never used to. You know, every game is different. But uh, what James Wade may look at is them checkouts. I mean, eight out of nine again, Whitlock was last week, and he's, that's the second time he's done it. 
what you do as a player, you think, right, I mustn't give him a shot at the double. So I've got to score heavy, and then I've got to check out myself, which we all know James Way can do. You know, a tremendous yeah. player, won this last year. So he's got pedigree, a world match play champion. You know, so he's got the pedigree to do and throw 105, 106 average with about a 60-plus percentage on doubles. But if he starts to miss and Simon takes out a good check out, 115, 120, doesn't have to be that big. But then that's when the element of doubt comes in. That's when the pressure comes in. And that's when they start to miss these doubles. I mean, you know, 25 years I've been in the game and, and, uh, you know, it's happened to me and I see it happen to a lot of players at the moment, as you do. Do you think, just moving on to the other semi just for a moment or two, Ron, I mean, um, you know, I I wrote Mervyn King off there and everyone did that last year, obviously, as well. I mean, does he have any the remotest chance this year of... uh, uh, beating Phil Taylor? Well, the one thing I like about Mervyn King is he, he always says that if I turn up with my A game, I can beat anybody. But if my B game turns up and I lose, then I don't worry about it. So what that does in your head, if he turns up in them first three or four legs and plays exceptionally well, he's automatically going to think that he's got his A game up there today, which gives him the extra confidence and extra motivation. The old adrenaline runs a bit finer. And that's when he can really have a go at Phil like he did last year. But the one thing that I think may draw Mervyn King back is the crowds, Rod. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's going to be the big thing. We, we saw in the last few weeks, didn't we, that uh, particularly Newcastle, when he got a really rough ride against Barney, didn't he? And it, it would be a worry, as would his current form, wouldn't it? I mean, he, he started very well in, in the Premier League, and he's lost his last two. I think he's won one of his last six, Rod. Hardly the form you'd want to be uh, showing going into a game against Taylor, is it? No, you're, you're exactly right. I think what has happened perhaps the last couple of weeks is Mervyn is expected, um, especially Nottingham, expected the big boos. And when they didn't come, that's thrown him out a bit. And before he knows it, he's a few legs down. And, of course, against Phil Taylor, you've, you've got to be on the top of your game. You know, Mervyn King has got the game to beat him. He's beaten him before. But to, uh, to come up against Phil Taylor when you're not firing on 100%, then, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. And the other, I mentioned, you know, the other semi, I mean, you wouldn't want to assume Taylor wins, but if he does win, uh, Wade or Whitlock, particularly Whitlock, I'm just interested what sort of uh, effect, what, uh, Paul Nicholson did at the Circus Tavern will have on other players' mentality when they play Taylor. I often think in other sports, once somebody's knocked off the king like Steve Davis or Stephen Hendry or O'Sullivan or, you know, with the top players, like you, Ron, uh, when uh, someone's beaten the number one player, it must say to other players, well, look, you know, anyone can do it. If I've done it, if Nicholson's done it, Whitlock must feel he can do it too, mustn't he? He certainly can. I mean, it's, it's what I call invincibility. When you lose yeah, that invincibility, yeah, it, yeah. then everybody goes, I can have a go at you. And, and like in all sports, especially in this game of darts, Eric Bristow, once he lost the invincibility, he started losing games that he normally yeah. would have won. It happened to me. It happened to a, a good number of players. Colin Lloyd, you know, he went to world number one, really played well. He lost that invincibility. So people are not scared of you. Now, it's yeah. a bit different with Phil Taylor because he only loses the odd game. But I don't think Simon Whitlock, if he meets Phil Taylor in the final, I don't think he's going to think about anything of just but throwing darts. Simon seems to, doesn't make things complicated. Uh, Other players in the Premier League have done. Complication is unbelievable, especially in Barnville. But Simon Whitlock just steps up, smiles and throws darts. He just loves it. We've interviewed him. He just loves the game. It's been life-changing coming over to the PDC. You know, he's got money, he's got fame, you know, he's doing travelling. What more could the man ask for? So I think that he's just going to go up in the semis and if he makes the final and just play his own game. Yeah, and that's a good point that he's enjoying it, isn't it? And uh, uh, I think it's fair to say, Rob, that he realises how lucky he is to be throwing darts for vast sums of money. Um, and, you know, we're going to come on to some of the other players here, like Mike Barneveld and others. And Phil Taylor's been saying, hasn't he, about, you know, Barney should be, uh, you know, maybe benefit from working on the building. So, I mean, Taylor's the epitome of that, isn't he? I mean, we know that he used to do you know, a, a real working-class job. And, you know, and, in fact, he was doing three jobs at once just to make ends meet in the early days. So he knows how lucky he is. And Whitlock's the same, I guess, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, I, I met Phil Taylor back in 88, I think that's when we yeah. first met. And, and uh, to word, use the word skin is probably a fair word for <laughs> Phil, you know. Um, there was a few other dart players that are about... I wouldn't mind being a tenor behind him now, Rod. Oh, I'd like to be a yeah, good tenor behind him, yeah. <laughs> but what that does, though, Rod, it, it, it hardens you up. 
You know, when you've got to go out there and you've got to play for the mortgage, you've got to play to put food on the table for your kids, it's hardened you up. Dennis Priestley was the same. I think I was the same. You can see them players that never give up. There's too many players in the game at the moment go, oh, who gives a who? Oh, there's always next week. You know, we, we see it and we will go on to some of them players. Uh, Whitlock is not one of those. He, he knows where his background is. He knows that he's got a chance to be famous, earn a lot of money and retire at an early age and uh, like Phil Taylor can do if he wants and uh, you know Phil Taylor is a great advertisement for this game in his attitude Yeah, I think, I mean, I think he's probably a great advertisement for any sportsman in attitude Rod to be fair, isn't he? Not, not, not just darts but um, what, about, what about the other players then? You know, the ones that haven't made it um, uh, Baxter, I mean let's look at him first because he was fifth wasn't I mean, and in fact for many of the weeks looked like he was going to get there but the, the last few weeks you know, he, he really should have won. Get you should have beaten Wade. Should, uh, sorry, uh, Lewis, shouldn't he? Uh, in Newcastle and let that slip. And and he really has missed a big opportunity. I think Ronnie hasn't he? A major opportunity. I mean, you know, let's be honest. We all thought that Ronnie wouldn't make the top four. But uh, right from the start, you know, he's up to scoring. He, and he was taking chances when people were giving them shots at doubles. He was taking them. Uh, he put himself in a great position. Put the points on the board early. But then all of a sudden, Ronnie, I think he realised that he's on the verge of qualifying, and that's when he started missing. And if we look back at Ronnie Baxter's career, you know, when he played in the BDO World Championships, he had chances there and, and messed them. He had chances, you know, in a match play against me a few yeah. years ago. He seems to always trip up at that final hurdle. And, and I must admit, the way he was playing in this Premier League, I didn't think he was going to trip up. I thought he was bang on for that top four. Is that, is that a mental thing, a mental toughness, or...? I think so. Yeah, I, I honestly think so, that that's probably there without him realising. Um, but Ronnie's the sort of guy would, you know, he just goes along, he's earning a lot of money now, he's admitted that to me, you know, you never see Ronnie backs to smile so much as he has done just lately. And, uh, you know, I, I reckon even Ronnie may buy me a beer by before the end of the year, you never know. <laughs> Come on, you're pushing it a bit far there, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but what, what about... Um, Two of the most natural talents in the game that haven't done it as well, Rod. Raymond Van Barneveld, um, perhaps we can excuse him a little bit because um, he revealed, didn't he, quite recently that there had been a lot of problems away from darts. Um, you know, he was being threatened and so on and uh, you know, having money extorted. And, you know, that that's obviously makes a massive effect. And the other one I want to put in is Adrian Lewis in, into that uh, sort of little discussion. What, what do you think? I mean, can we excuse Barney for what happened in the first, say, ten weeks? Because he played much better towards the end, didn't he? Well, yeah, I think we can in the Premier League, but I don't think we can excuse him for his attitude for last year. I mean, Phil Taylor said, you know, he should go on the building for a few weeks, then he knows what hard work's all about, and he'll appreciate the position he's in. You know, I kind of agree with Phil. You know, uh, I'm a big believer in doing it right. This is a professional sport. This is not a game of darts down a pub anymore. And Raymond just lost his way, he changed his darts, tried to change his throw a little bit. Uh, and when that, he realised that that weren't going to work, I think what he should have done is gone back to basics of what made him a world champion and an absolutely brilliant and a talented uh, dart player. I don't think he's had the right people around him. I think he's been given bad advice uh, from certain uh, people he's had around him, especially last year. Yeah. Um, and you need people you can trust around you. You know, and uh, that that's hard for Raymond because he, he does seem to be a guy that puts his trust in, in just about anybody. What about Lewis? Because he's been really disappointed, I think, hasn't he? Um, you know, he, he came in off the back of a, a really good world championship where it took Phil Taylor his best to beat him. And he, he was playing really well at the Alley Pally, wasn't he? But he, he, he really hasn't fired at all in the Premier League. I think he and, uh, you know, his, his uh, fans and advisors will be very disappointed, won't they? Well, I'm very disappointed because, uh, yeah. as a director of the PDC, he was my shout. Uh, um, that's where my vote went. Yeah, that uh, way. Yeah. After the after the way he played in the World Championships, you know, three ton plus averages. Uh, I thought perhaps we've got the Adrian Lewis. You know, he had had a child, and we all thought he'd matured, which yeah. it, it certainly looked like he had. But to, to say I'm very disappointed in him is an understatement in this Premier yeah. League. Uh, I think he's let himself go. Uh, he seems to have put weight on. Um, he needs to really look in the mirror. You know, the hardest thing for a dark player is to look in the mirror. I did it many years ago and then packed up. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to pack up, but he's got to look in the mirror and put right what is wrong because he is not, with that talent, he is not playing well enough. He is chucking away thousands upon thousands of, of pounds. Uh, he could be a millionaire in two or three years, no problem with his talent. Uh, but he's just not doing it, Rob. Yeah, and... Well, you're right what you're saying, sooner or later he'll wake up, but it might be too late, mightn't he? He could be 35 years of age, 40 years of age when he wakes up and realises that he's wasted a lot of uh, 
good years of good darts, hasn't he? Well, Potentially exa- could do, yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, he's not a young man no more. When he was 18, 19, 20, we're all saying he's got plenty of time. You know, now he's uh, well over 20. You know, yeah. the years will start. And until he wins a major, it's going to get harder and harder each year. If he can win a major this year, then it gets easier. But the more the years go on, when he doesn't win a major TV event, and let's not forget, I mean, with all that talent, he has not won a major TV event. He's only won three Pro Tour events You know, in all them years. That is not good enough with the guy for that talent. Now, box office, when he beat Barney, I think it was in Bournemouth, I mean, that is Premier League. That's what we want to see. Yeah. Uh, but he's just not doing it enough, is he? Yeah, and Terry Jenkins has had a very disappointing year as well, hasn't he? And I, I, I remember chatting with you before, Rod. I mean, you've talked that he's, he's gone down the exhibition route a bit more than you would like, and he may well have reaped what he's sown. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I had a go at him in uh, Barnsley, a real go at him and all, and uh, he was saying yeah. that, you know, he he doesn't want to play Premier League, it's too tiring. Dart is not tiring if you uh, do your itinerary right. It's when you start doing exhibitions on a Friday night, 600 mile away from a pro tour event, and you go yeah. and earn money on a pro tour uh, on an exhibition instead of going to pro tour events where there's £12,000 up for grabs on a weekend win a couple of games you're on 500 anyway you know all that practice that, that match practice that they've lost and Terry has looked tired and he's kept complaining about it and it, and it did annoy me that, that I had other dart players coming up to me saying you know if Terry Jenkins don't want to play chuck him out yeah, and put me in, in. Yeah. and that's Three people in Barnsley come up to me and said that, and I'd had enough. So as a, as a, you know, one of the people of this company, I, I, I felt I had to say something to Terry Jenkins. But the last two or three games, he has played a lot better. But I'll tell you another thing: what happens with these players, Rod, is that when they're on a bit of a downer and they're not playing well, their opponents that beat them have always played the best games of their life. <laughs> Have you, you've, I mean, you've been I've in this. Heard that a few times, yeah, I've heard that a few times, Rob. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and we hear it all all the time. And it's funny. Perhaps I was even one of them. You know, when I was on my way out, why does everybody always hit everything against me? But and they I'm always not, hit the double with a third dart rod as well, don't they? Yeah, they do. And uh, sometimes, you know, you're giving them the chance where a year ago you wouldn't have given them a chance. And let's face it, two year ago, I mean, Terry Jenks has made seven major TV finals. He's no yeah. mug on that dartboard. But at the moment. He's being mugged off by people beating him that sh- that shouldn't beat him. And just, I mean, look, next year, um, I, d- I don't know, there's always been changes and people saying they should change the format. Do you think we'll stick to the same uh, idea where there'll be, uh, you know, a set number of uh, qualifiers via the order of merit as of right and, and wild cards? Will that be the way that the, the PDC board, Barry and yourself and the rest of the lads will go, Rod, do you think? I think we've always got to go by a certain number by the rankings. Um, that's for sure. But uh, my opinion, and, and the board have talked about it, but uh, we haven't made any decision. I think we've yeah. got to be very careful with this Premier League because it is a cash cow for the, the PDC. Um, it, it, it nearly funds the Pro Tour events, which the PDC yeah. spend about £1.2 million a year in Pro Tour events without no return. You know, and if you was an accountant like Mr. Hearn is, he, you know, he could turn around and say, look, this is, this is not making a profit, we get rid of it. But it is the mainstay of a professional dart player. It's, it's, the, it's the training ground for the new players to come through. So yeah, we really it have... definitely has its role, though, Rob, doesn't it? Yeah, the, 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 the tour events. Oh, it? definitely. It's an essential role, isn't it? Yeah. But this, this Premier League, we need entertainers. We need great dart players, but we need entertainers. The, the Premier League crowd is a different crowd to the Blackpool crowd yeah. and to the Grand Prix crowd and the World Championship crowd. They're different. They're there to be entertained. It's like, you know, them going to a nightclub and uh, music and hype. And so I think the PDC have really got to sit down because we don't want to start losing the crowds in this Premier League. Thank you for joining us here at On The Wire. We'll be back soon with an exclusive interview with the winner of the White and Mackay Premier League and also previewing the UK Open at Bolton. So from me, Rod Harrington, it's goodbye for now.